All right. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, we're in a pretty small room. We can get it a little louder in here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah, there we go. Beautiful. All right, so I have something quick to share here. I know we have some things to get to, but um, I was just looking through some verses that I had noted, and this is one that I kind of came across, and I thought it might be appropriate. Uh, this is from Psalm 107, uh, verses 8 through 8 and 9, I guess. Um, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works for the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with that same goodness. Uh, and if you read through the rest of uh, Psalms 107, it kind of has this interesting pattern. Um, and it's, it kind of says the same thing over and over again. Um, but essentially, uh, what the psalmist says to us is that the fool, uh, the person who doesn't know any better, will look at a, a dire situation or something in their life, um, the storm, maybe, if you want to use that metaphor. They'll look at it and they'll say, they'll despair, right? They'll say, oh, I don't, we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what the future holds. Uh, despair, ah, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about the roof? Ah, oh, the roof is caved in right on top of us. What will we do? Um, but the wise man, right, he looks at anything. He looks at that situation. He looks at that storm on the horizon. He says, thank you, Lord, for what you are going to do. I trust you. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know that your goodness is going to come through. Um, we know that his goodness is, I mean, without that roof, we wouldn't be here um, shaking it up a little bit today in this room today. So that's kind of fun, isn't it? So um, the box for our ties today is in the back. Uh, it's on the sound booth. It's, uh, I haven't looked at it quite, but I know it's just a box. Uh, Doug is pointing at it, holding it up now. Yes, look at it. There it is. Uh, so ties go there today. So I'll just pray over us, over our ties, over our giving. And we say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your provision, that you fill us with that goodness, that we can walk into even looking at our roof caved in or looking at uh, whatever the situations in our own lives are outside of this building that you are there holding us, keeping us, providing for us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Joan, Joan, why have you come up here now? Okay, so most of you know we had a snow event. <laughs> it snowed in the sanctuary <laughs> and in the fellowship hall. Um, just just a little bit about it all. Um, so the um, valley rafters gave way under the weight of the snow. Um, checked all the other the regular rafters. Everything's in good shape there. We've got um, valley kit rafters ordered. They'll be here. I think they're supposed to come on Thursday. Um, so um, I don't know if they'll start Friday or next week. Um, replacing those. Um, we had an amazing group of folks show up to help shovel snow inside to out and shovel the snow from the roofs off. And so thank you to everyone that showed up to help. It was work, but fun. Um, so we'll be meeting here for a few weeks till the repairs are done. You know, you think, well, you the roof fixed, but it's the insulation, it's the sheetrock, it's the painting, it's the carpets, it's the, you know. So it'll it'll take a little bit. Um, and parents, we really need you to make sure your children don't wander off into the other part. There, to you know, there's a lot of um, insulation dust. Um, it's not good for them. Plus, it tracks. <laughs> That stuff tracks all over. So Anne would appreciate not having the, the tracking. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. There's just so many. The list of good things that come from this, I think you might tell that. But it, it's a long list of good things. So it's everything's good. Oh, go ahead good. if you got some. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... Let's see. First of all, it happened um, 
on a Wednesday, probably early morning Wednesday. No one was here, but it was a Wednesday, so when Karen came for quilting, she called. She says, there's some tiles that came down. <laughs> well, I came to look at the tiles that come. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think it's a little more. I can see the sky. <laughs> uh, so then I panicked. <laughs> What do I do? Um, I called Troy, our, our normal carpenter, and I knew he was in California, but I said, Troy, what do I do? <laughs> um, so he made a call for me, and, and uh, Carpenter called me in 10 minutes. Um, we can be there. It was like two hours, and they buttoned up their other job, and they were up here and started to work on things right away. Um, so, I mean... They were really good. They had a whole crew, brought their whole crew up and, and started on it. Then, the name of the yes, Kastner Construction. It's Cliff Kastner from Bemidji. And, um, and so um, they just went right to work. We were able to, um, different ones showed up and we started shoveling the snow and the insulation and everything else out. Um, <clears throat> we were um, able to, um, oh, Cliff called, and, and I had to go to Duluth the, the next day, and Cliff called, he says, I need um, the blueprints. Does anybody have the blueprints? Yes, I think I do. <laughs> I called my office, Anna found him. He took the blueprints and was able to figure out what we need um, and um, service master was able to come and, and give us some direction. The the insurance company called, said, you know, tell us told us some things of what to do. I mean, it, it just everything is just good. <laughs> so, yeah. Amen. Well, I'll get into more of that later. I do some announcements here. <clears throat> We just want to share with our family here, the church family, that uh, Kenton Chantel's son, Travis Jackson Dudley, passed away. It was like Monday night. And uh, he went to, he transferred to heaven. And uh, so our love and sympathy go to, to them and their family and the workers. And we want to give them a hug, but we're not going to have them have to explain to all of us going over and over it, you know what I'm saying? So, but be free to give them a good old hug. That's what we need a lot at times like this. Just the body of Christ, you know, and I'm not saying you can't say anything, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying, I think. And... Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, we just love Kent and Chantel so much and their family and the workers. And it's, well, when one weeps, the others weep. You know, when one rejoices, one of us rejoices, we go through rejoicing, then we do that together too. And we've done that together with, with them and uh, with their kids and stuff. You know, the thing is with Travis, they got him, they received him when he was five, and with the health conditions he had, because of what had happened there, I mean, it wasn't an illness or sickness, it was caused because of premature birth, because his mother was beaten, and uh, but then he was supposed to die shortly after they received him. He was put on hospice when he was five years old when they had him. Well, this is 12 years later. And you know what that was? It was the love of God coming through them and the family from some right here in this group, from whoever touched his life. But then, of course, he touched our lives as well. So I said a lot more there than I was thinking to, but anyway. And then also, Jimmy was sharing me, with me this morning that Trina 
Trina Wiley had a stroke this last week. She's now, she's in Duluth, us in stable but still critical health concerns there. So we mention that for prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your help in these things that happen. <clears throat> we have a fellowship meal today, Adana Maria, uh, leading the way. We've decided that for today, maybe a few more times, we're not sure, but for sure today that any monies that are placed in that jar, that glass jar that are above cost of the food purchase, they'll be given to Adana Maria to bless them. They've gone through some major adjustments and changes in their life just lately, and, and we just want to bless them. So anything above the cost of food, they will be receiving. Um, the Gideon Bible person will be here another time. He totally understood that we need to regroup as a congregation today, not a focus there. Okay, very important, men's retreat, registration today. You need to register. Andrew, is he's sitting over here now, but he'll probably be in the back there or somewhere where you can get a registration if you don't already have one, but you need to register today. You can bring your $25 later, but today we need to have you registered because we need to get the names in because there is a meal on Friday night. For us that are close, we don't, of course, need the motel, but they just need our names it is possible if you don't go to the meal, I believe, that you could go, I mean, you could register later too probably, but they need to count for the meal. Um, that'll be at the Hampton Inn in Bemidji. Pastor Doug Wing will be the main speaker. Eli or Daniel Gazalka is also one of the speakers. So we're looking forward to that. That's uh, March 29 and 30. Then some upcoming events. We have a fish fry and pot blessing combo the last Sunday of this month. Um, Minnesota, Northwest Minnesota Women's Aglow is having their spring retreat on April 6th. We are having a Passion Week communion service on the 17th, that Wednesday night. We're having an Easter breakfast on Resurrection Sunday. Joan was sharing that it will probably be a minimum of four weeks that will be in here. Um, but let's just be praying. Maybe it's possible we could be in by Easter, but we don't know. But that's something to pray about. Uh, Dean is going to lead that up. And men, you could talk to Dean about that for helping him. Gerald Durstein, we have him scheduled to be sharing again. He's 90 and going strong. He'll be here on the 30th of June. Then our Wednesday activities, we do have a prayer meeting that evening also at 6 o'clock will be Bible study and later prayer. And uh, some time ago we were talking about that Bill and Donna Wasco gave the church land that they had and it was sold and it was sold for $20,000. And at least I think that's about what the church got, was about 20000 And so we've decided to tie it off of that. And uh, just wanted to let you know that today, that what we're looking at is we've tried to find churches that are either building, well, building, that are in a need for their church building. And there's one in Erskine. It's a, these are both True Bridge Fellowship network churches. One's in Erskine and uh, Pastor Bender is there and then one is in Marshall and that's where Pastor Wing is, Pastor Doug Wing. I think it's Jim Bender. <clears throat> and so we're going to give a thousand dollars to the church in Erskine and a thousand dollars to the church in Marshall. Does that sound good? You know, it's just a blessing of them, of a tithe from that. So, okay, message. What do we do in a crisis? When we're dealing with adversity in our lives, what should we do and what should we say? Those kind of things. 
Um, before I really get into it, I want to thank everyone, everyone. There, a lot of people, I saw the sheet back there. I mean, there's a couple pages just full of names of people that have helped with different things here this last week. So thankful for that. Wow. And it was some of it was hard work. <clears throat> some of it was kind of dangerous in a way, you might say. But I mean, getting up on the roof and shoveling off because there was... I don't know how many feet deep even above this sink we're here. Five feet. Was it five feet? Five feet of snow. That's a lot of snow. And our folks, Dane, I know was one of them up there. I saw him. But a number of you other younger guys and uh, were up there too. One thing I'm really thankful for, I know that Aaron Anderson was up there and Joan... And I don't know who all Dave maybe or were clearing out the snow that was in that corner there. Um, it was just so high there too, deep. Uh, well, the next day, that was on Tuesday. The next day they had to use that to get in there to get on the roof and with the, the dumpster and stuff. And uh, Aaron was up on the roof on Tuesday scooping snow off and Joan said yeah we got to this certain point and then we just we stopped and we had things we had to do and such and kind of lamenting a little maybe we should have kept on going and I didn't say anything right then but I had gone somewhere else and the Lord just dropped that in me tell Joan that she did exactly what she was supposed to do and you know, that's something that happens. I know this is further on in my notes, but I don't know if I'll ever get to them or not there. But um, When we go through crises, one of the things that will try to happen to us is, well, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, and I'm not talking just about the roof here. I'm talking about our lives and the things in our lives that we go through that are, you could call them, Adversity, crisis, storm, like Peter said. That was good, Peter, what you said. But one of the things that often tries to come, oh, if only I had, or if I hadn't, or condemnation, and then we point the finger at ourselves, or maybe we even get it from others, you know, fingers pointing. And uh, that, that, you know, the source of so much of that, most almost all probably, Con guilt and condemnation. It's from the enemy's side, not from God's side. Satan's called the accuser of the brethren in the word. That's what he does. And see, that's not what we do with each other anyway, right? That we don't desire to. But uh, I said, Joan, you did exactly what you were supposed to do. And uh, you went just as far because, you know, I just had that thought if Aaron had stood above the area to start scooping off where it fell through, just that amount of weight. I'm not saying that Aaron weighs that much, but I'm just saying that it just took that last little amount of weight and that was like a 30 or more foot drop. And uh, I saw Aaron the next day, and I just thought, wow, oh, Aaron, I'm so glad you're standing here and you're whole. Amen? Yeah. And that's a good thing, too, to look at the good things when we're going through a crisis. You know, the enemy would have us, well, I better get, I'll just keep going. I'll get to that a little more. But <laughs> okay. Thank everyone. We thank you for all the initial cleanup. Our deacons have been deking. <laughs> I tell you, Joan, Sue, and Mark a lot with them too. He's not a deacon, but he's a husband of a deacon. And Joyce, and uh, I know there's others. I, uh, I tell you, I was impressed with this group that we have. I was, with the way that they were handling things and the way they approached it. They did very well, and I commend you today on that. 
and keep praying for them too because there's lots of things to go through yet with it, but lots of decisions and so forth. But then also John and Doug, Coodley, they were here most of the day yesterday and I think before John was too. And I was not expecting to be able to have the screen there. I didn't know if I, we'd have one mic or what, but they got everything over here, including the piano and the drums. And I just want to thank you and uh, thank you so much for the transition to this sanctuary. Um, so. Thanks to Sarah. This one? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, that blowing insulation, you know, a lot of it was dry yet, and, you know, it hits and then poof, you know, it just goes everywhere. And, and um, okay, Wednesday morning, got the call from Karen. There's a few, I forget what she said, but I wasn't expecting what I saw when I came here on Wednesday morning. You could say I was shocked. I was blindsided by it. And uh, along with others who were here, I examined the foyer first, and I looked at it. You know, it was a mess. You know, there's a pile of snow and insulation it had fallen on one of our birch trees there, and that was laying down. And, and there was a hole, and I could see light through coming through. It wasn't just a piece of sheetrock hanging. It was all the way through. I thought, oh, wow. And then, I don't know who it was, but somebody says, well, it's in the sanctuary too. Oh, really? Look in there, same thing. And uh, I could tell that a cloud of doom and gloom was trying to settle over me. And this is what happens when we are blindsided or, you may say, shocked by a, a situation <clears throat> or a crisis. Uh, so how, how do we react or act in times of hardship or loss or a crisis? You know, we can act out of fear and doubt of God's ability and willingness to bring us through this with his help. That's one possible response, and I think you would agree with me that's not a very good one. Or we can take a moment to pause in the midst of the loss, the devastation, the pressure of it, what has happened, and we can redirect our thoughts to our Heavenly Father. And we can just stop and consider His love for us, His goodness, His almighty power to save us and deliver us, um, to deliver me, you know, make it personal. And I know some of you are probably going through, right now, current, things that you could probably call a crisis. I mean, we'll look at that word just a little bit more in a moment, but uh, just being still and knowing that he, that God is God, and we can determine that we will not be ruled by our current feelings that try to overwhelm us, but rather we will let the Holy Spirit who dwells within us take control. That's a decision to make right away. Um, and yes, I want to say it again. I'm not speaking to us this morning only about the snow breaking through the roof. I'm talking about in our church house. I'm talking about to all of us. Things that we may have gone through, we may be are in right now, or if it happens in the future. The kinds of adversities that slam through into our life. Here's a definition of crisis that I saw in Merriam-Webster. It's a difficult or dangerous situation that needs serious attention. It's the turning point, for better or worse, in an acute disease or fever, an attack of pain, distress, or disordered function, an emotional, emotionally significant event or radical change of status in a person's life, they give example of a midlife crisis, the decisive moment, an unstable 
crucial time or state of affairs in which a decisive change is impending. A synonym was juncture. And it is, it's a juncture. You know, we can have health crises, financial crises, relational, family, housing, or, you know, whatever. But if I, or you, I can decide that I will not react in a way that would please my enemy. I can act according to what I know, not react, but act according to what I know from God's word and please my Abba Father. We know from his word that he's promised to never leave us or forsake us. Do you know that? Never leave us or forsake us. And when we know the word of God, and when we believe it, and when we act like it's true, that's what we must do. We can trust our God to help us no matter what may be the trial that we're going through. When trials and testings come, God sees them actually as opportunities to prove us. Pause and think on that just a moment. You know, Satan desires to use them to steal life, to steal love, joy from us. But the Lord sees them as occasions through which he will bring us through to the place of overcoming. He desires to bring us into a new place of his encouragement and victory. Our enemy's desires are to bring us into a place of discouragement and depression and defeat. But our God has promised to be our ever-present help in time of trouble. Everyone experiences trouble. The difference in whether or not we are overcomers comes from where we put our focus, where we put our thoughts. And the focus of our thoughts will determine if we will reign in this life. The difference is where we're looking. Are we looking at the present, everything around us, the circumstances, or are we looking beyond them? Beyond them, beyond the natural eye, with the eye of faith. Are we seeing the great deliverance and redeeming work that our God will bring in this current situation or through it? The redeeming work, this redeeming work, it happens when we look to him and believe him for it to happen. And part of our acting, like we believe in the word of God, that it's true, it can be seen in what we say. As you can say, it could be heard in what we say. But what we speak from our mouth. The word tells us that the tongue is very powerful. It's like a rudder that can change the direction of a huge ship. What we say in the midst of a crisis sets the course. It sets the course not only for me, but also for those who hear me. Whatever words I speak. You know, I still remember Dan Woodward's mom when my dad was going, when our family was going through a crisis with my dad in 1988 in December he had a heart attack and he, they took him to Fargo and we didn't know what was going to happen this was the first event like that we had had I guess in our family and, and I was really under the, that, that cloud of doom and gloom that I mentioned earlier that tried to come on me in the foyer it, was, it, it did come on me there with dad I mean it was it was in that. But we dropped our kids off by Dan's mom, Thora. And we were about ready to go out the door, Joyce and I. The kids were there. She was going to watch them. And she, said, she looked at me and she says, Your dad's going to be all right. Those seven words changed my course in that crisis. And I remember them. How many years ago is that? A long time. 
If in the midst of a crisis I speak words of unbelief, doubt, and fear, the room that I'm in and those that are in the room with me will tend to be filled with the same unbelief, doubt, and fear. Unless someone else in the room speaks and the rudder of their tongue, it turns the atmosphere back again or to the right. We're talking here not only about the atmosphere in the natural or physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. This tongue can affect the spirit realm as well as the natural realm. And when we speak words of doubt and fear concerning the problem or crisis that we're experiencing, it releases Satan and his hordes and it permits them to go into action. But when we speak the words of faith which are backed by God and his word, we release the angels to act according to the word of God. So, when we came back into the foyer there from looking at the church sanctuary, and there was a group, I'm not sure how many there were there, small group, maybe five or six people. This is the thought that came to me. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And that scripture is taken from Isaiah 59, 19. I got the attention of the other people that were standing there in the foyer with me, and I addressed them with these words. I said, I would like to make a declaration. I said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And we declare at this time that the end of this will be better than it was before. Amen. Amen. And see, it's by the Spirit of the Lord. He raises up a standard. And this is so important with this. Well, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to build this. We're going to make it better than before. No. The Lord is the one. It's not in the strength of man. It's in the strength of the Lord. That's what it is. And this is something we always have to remember through this process, but the the things you're going through, remember that. Then I said, I'm going to rephrase that. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And I continued, I said, God will work this for good. He will work it for good not only in the natural and physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. And that's concerning our church, Tin Strike Community Church. And those standing with me voiced their agreement, just like you just did. After that moment, that cloud of doom and gloom that was trying to settle over me, it lifted off. And in its place was joy, God's joy, even anticipation of the future for us, Tin Strike Community Church family. And I haven't, I don't, I'm not saying that since then I haven't had any negative thoughts try to enter my mind because they have. But this is the key. When the negative thoughts come to us, we cast them down and replace them with thoughts that line up with God's word. Amen? And it's important to do that as soon as possible. So today I'm asking you to stand in agreement with me and those who were in the church that morning while you already have. But I'll have you say this with me if, if you agree, which I pray that you will, and we'll try to say this together. It's when the enemy comes in. We'll have that up there, okay. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. God will work through this work, collapse for good. He will work it for good, not only in the natural or physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. Amen. Okay, you see, I changed the pot where the comma is in that sentence. In the original, the commas were put in by the translators, and I thought I'd look it up in other translations just to see what they showed, and it's interesting. Here's Isaiah 59, 19 a.m. This is the Amplified Classic. So, as a result of the Messiah's intervention, 
They shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. Note, for he will come, he, that's a capital he, for he will, that's not the enemy, for he will come like a rushing stream which the breath of the Lord drives. Hmm. The flood of God's rushing stream is driven by his breath, and it is greater, stronger, and more powerful than the enemy's flood in your life, in our life, like this situation, but in your life, in whatever situation. Here's the Holman Christian Standard Bible. They will fear the name of Yahweh in the west and his glory in the east, and he will come like a rushing stream driven by the wind. He will come like a rushing stream driven by the wind. See that? Don't give too much credit to the enemy. God is greater. And what things look like bad, you know, only bad. We don't know the big picture in a lot of stuff. Also, we, you, can apply it, yes, to any trouble. Today. I'm saying today. Today. The floods of the enemy will not overtake us and drown us. Isaiah 43, 1. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God. And when we feel like we're getting flooded right up to our neck, or even when we've gone under, the Lord will raise us up above it with the powerful rush of his stream of life. Let's look at a couple more translations of Isaiah 59, 19, the voice translation. This is how God... This is how people from the east to the west will come to respect the name and honor of the glory of the eternal. For he will come on, and I put in, to the enemy's salt, like a torrential flood driven by the eternal's wind. That's how our Messiah, our Savior, comes. In the New American Standard Bible, for they will fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. I'm here to tell you today that no matter what our situation may be, whether it's a hole in our roof, whatever it is, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And yes, in your situation. First John 4, 4. Little children, you are of God, you belong to him, and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he that is in the world. So when adversity hits, when it blindsides us, when difficult situations confront us, we focus on the truth that Jesus came so that we might have abundant life. We also know that Jesus warned us that our enemy Satan would scheme to bring just the opposite to our lives. But in times of trouble, it's very important to know that our spiritual foe Satan, he's against us, but our Father God is for us. God is not against us. What we need to realize is that when our enemy attacks us, God is our ever-present help. Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The footnote there on the verse, an abundant, available help. Yes, to your situation and mine and ours. Here's another very important thing for us to know. When something bad has happened, something that comes against us like a flood, we cannot receive God's help and provision in the midst of a crisis when we are living under 
a burden of guilt and condemnation. When something happens in our lives, as I was mentioning earlier, here's that part of the message, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, maybe this is because of some sin in my life. Well, our spiritual enemy will try to bombard our thoughts with things that bring guilt and condemnation because that's where he wants us to live, under guilt and condemnation. The name Satan means accuser of the brethren. He knows that when we're living under guilt and condemnation, our lights for Christ will not shine and we will not be effective in our Christian walk. The enemy sometimes whispers words of guilt to us and he sometimes uses other people to point the finger and speak things that bring condemnation. Hear what I'm saying? When we go through things, when bad things happen, there's that tendency for people to point the finger and say, what did they do or what did he do? Or especially, we can do it to ourselves. But in times of trouble, we must look to the Lord and his word, not to people who would pull us down. In times of crisis, we must come together and lift each other up. Hallelujah. Lift each other up. In times of adversity, love must arise and the pointing of the finger and accusation must cease. In the midst of adversity, we need to learn to be flexible with one another. We need to communicate with the goal of really understanding the other person's view of the situation. Why'd you put that in there, Pastor Steve? The Lord told me to. In fact, I'm going to read again. When we're in the midst of adversity, in situations, we need to learn to be flexible with one another. We need to communicate with one another about things. How are we going? What are we doing? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Type stuff. Looking always to the Lord, but listening, communicating, hearing the other person and their their angle. They can see a different part of the cup than I can, or whatever. We can make this occasion, or any occasion, but let's just say right now, we can make it. We can determine to make it an opportunity to ask the Lord if there are any areas of sin or other things in our lives that He is desiring to address. I would guess that there's none of us that doesn't have room for change or areas that the Lord could address in our lives. But the Word of God says in Acts 3.19, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So we do. Lord, we do open our hearts. If there are any things that you would but let's not get into a thing of condemnation. You hear what I'm saying there? That's what the enemy will try to do. Don't have any part of that. Cast it down. Finally, I'd like to share something that our worship leader, Angie Modry, this had uh, this morning that she posted on our TCC Facebook worship Facebook page earlier this week. She put this, no matter what, we praise him. And we are thankful, Lord, for no injuries with the damage to our church building. And I like that, Angie, the way you put that, our church building. For us, this is our, it's not the. I, I, like, I like when we say it's our. We're a family. This is our building, our church building. Thank you, Lord, for your provision of all the workers and helpers that have pitched in in, a, in at this great time of need. As we look to Sunday, I want my worship team to know, see, at that time she didn't know if this would all be available, that our songs may be different than I first posted as we may have not have projection. For the words, this is a great time to remember that worship is more than Sunday mornings once a week. It is our day-to-day -day lives as a worship unto the Lord. Whether we have projections, special lights, instruments, or sound equipment, we have a place to gather 
and our voices to give him praise. And a shout out to John and Doug for working on the transition of the equipment to the new sanctuary, to, uh, to, the old, to this one. Blessings on this quest, and the Lord helped them very well. By the way, I was going to mention Pastor Dwight Warden of Evangelical Free Church in Black Duck emailed me and uh, was offering us to use their building if we needed it uh, for our worship service. I was I thanked him much, and but I said we're very thankful that that we are able to meet here in our fellowship hall, and we are. And Lord, we just thank you. We give you thanks in the midst of crisis. The one for us as a church family today, but also in individual families or people, things that we're going through that really does bring change. I mean, it brings, it's life-altering. I mean, there's, and then there's decisions and things, and Lord, we just come to you. We look to you. We know it's not in our own strength and our own ability that we're going to come through reigning in Christ. It's, it's through Christ. Yeah, that's it. We come through reigning in Christ. And so we surrender all to you again as individuals, but also corporately as a church family. We give ourselves to you corporately. And Lord, we want to do what you want us to do. Lord, we take this crisis as an opportunity for positive change. That in the days ahead, Lord, we know that you didn't cause that to happen. You didn't cause it, but we know that you can help us to use it as an opportunity. Just something that kind of changes us up a little bit. An opportunity for positive change, both in the natural, but also in the spiritual realms. Lord, we would have our light shine, that we would not be under a covering of doom and gloom, either for this or anything else we may be going through, but our lights would shine because we know that we're in a harvest time and that you want us to have a focus outside the walls of the church. To bring in the sheep, you might say, that are lost. And Lord, we just receive that impartation anew and afresh this morning. And we thank you for that cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ anew and afresh this morning. And we thank you that your love, right here in the midst of our church family, your love and your joy and your peace and all the fruit of your spirit may rise up, as well as the gifts in ministry. And that you bring us, each of us, to a new place in what you would have in our prayer lives, in our devotional lives, and in our fellowship with one another. And Lord, we, we pray over the Castners Construction Group. We pray for our deacons and others that are helping everybody. Volunteers, we pray for continued safety for everyone working. And we receive that all. We're all in agreement and praying and all this said. Yeah, let's say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Wow, this is great. Did you have something, Arlen? Do you, do you have a mic there? Oh, there it is, okay.
The Spirit of the Lord is just bursting inside of me. I know I have to come up here and say this. You know, God can use this, the opening of our roof. He's saying, open your hearts. Because what he is about to do in our church is amazing. We are headed for an upgrade, not only in a building, but each one of us as his church. And I've been sitting here, and this song has just been stirring and stirring. I just feel like it could burst out. So you got to help me sing it. And sing it with faith, because it's talking about us, and it's talking about those that are coming. The scripture was on the door as you entered today. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Again, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Flee away. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. And come with singing unto Zion. The everlasting Lord shall be upon their heads. Everlasting joy. God is going to bring people into our church. They are coming. So let your faith arise and see this not as a bad thing. We are getting an upgrade. God has opened the heaven over this church. He opened the roof, or the enemy did, but yeah. he's going to use it for good. Count on it. Amen. Amen. I'll say one more thing here. This just brings back so many memories to me, and some, many of you too, I'm sure. Some of you, this is the first time for a worship service in this room, but... I was just thinking right where I'm standing here, Joyce and I were in one of the plays a while, a number of years back. What was the name of that one? Faith of a Child? Well, we were playing little kids, and I was over there, and Joyce was up here somewhere, and I came running up to her to grab her, and I grabbed her too hard, and we tumbled right over. <laughs> right over the step here onto the floor. And actually somebody got a video, Angie or Dan, or somebody got a video of that. They actually sent it into what was it called? Those America's, America's Funniest Videos. They didn't take it, but. Um, okay, just a little word of instruction here. Uh, we're gonna transform this and we're gonna get tables from here. Some of us, some can just go into the foyer area there. We'll call that the foyer now for a bit. Um, but uh, we'll have some guys, maybe some gals too, can come and help and put up tables and set up chairs. We have Adana Maria who's serving. Remember, we can give gifts to them today. And so, hallelujah. I'm going to go back there and hug a few of you as you go out the door.